Thank you for joining the Mind Your Brain podcast. And today, I want to wish you all a happy new year. I am your host, Candace Gant, a brain injury survivor and the executive director of the Mind Your Brain Foundation. If you are new to our series, I would encourage you to listen to the introduction from 2020 to learn about our mission. To start off the new year, I will be talking to Dr. Drew Nagel and Monica Vercaro, who will develop, who have developed the Brain Injury Ambassador Program in Pennsylvania. This program was developed through the partnership between the Pennsylvania Department of Health and BIAPA, the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. The goal of this program is to connect with families and caregivers of a person who has recently experienced a brain injury and let them know they are not alone. Joining me today is Dr. Drew Nagel and Monica Vaccaro, as I said, who had developed this program to fill the information gap after a brain injury. Dr. Nagel has over 30 years of training and experience as a neurorehabilitation psychologist in the field of brain injury rehabilitation. He developed and operated post-acute neurorehabilitation programs in community reentry, in community integration, school reentry, clubhouse, and supported employment, affirmative business, and supported education programs. Those are quite impressive credentials. <laughs> also joining me is Monica Vaccaro, and she is the Director of Programs for the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. Again, that's BIAPA, is the acronym. In this role, she provides oversight and direction to multiple programs, including the Brain Injury Resource Line, Education and Training Programs, and the Pennsylvania STEPS Program School Reentry, and this new ambassador program. Monica has 28 years of experience working with individuals with brain injury and their families as a clinician and researcher in medical rehabilitation. So as you can see, this is a dynamic duo. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So Monica, let me start off with you. Can you tell our listeners about the Brain Injury Ambassador Program and how it all started? Well, you know, it's been a long-standing goal at the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania to connect with families early on. Um, at the time when, you know, they're not sure where to go or what, what is, is helpful for them in the future. So we want to let them know that they're not alone and that there's hope and help in the future. We want to let them know some of the resources that are going to be available so that when they're ready for them, they can get started. We hear from so many people long after their recovery, four, five, 10 years, who've been struggling to find a direction. And the purpose of this program is to get in there early and let people know what's available. You know, um, you know we found that people are, they don't know what they're gonna need until the time arises and they need it. And this program is sort of the purpose of letting people know early. And so we had this opportunity through the Pennsylvania Department of Health, the lead state agency for brain injury in Pennsylvania, to um, apply for some funding to develop something new. And that's how the ambassador program came. So we're very excited about this collaboration. It's absolutely brilliant. And I know it's so desperately needed. Mm -hmm. So Drew, can you say more about the needs of the families 
that what the needs are after their initial medical and rehabilitation attention? Sure, Candace. So every year in Pennsylvania, more than 18,500 people get hospitalized because of a traumatic brain injury. However, only about 10% of them actually receive rehabilitation care for their brain injuries. And a, a recent study from the Brandeis University found out that um, people who have acquired brain injuries, whether it be from trauma or stroke or infectious disease or brain tumors, all of these represent a very uh, significant and serious public health problem that affects people and their families and ultimately their communities. And these researchers found that our, our healthcare system, which is very much oriented towards what we call the front end, towards the hospital and the event, our healthcare system does not provide adequate care and support for families in the post-acute stage, like six months, a year, two years, 10 years down the road. So, um, and that's where people have the most difficulty with reintegrating into their communities and, you know, being successful in work and improving their functions. And all of this puts a um, considerable stress and burden on families and actually on state programs too, because they have to provide for long-term care that could possibly have been um, lessened if people got the right care at the right time when they needed it. Agreed, and I, I wanted to touch on that, that it's all about the timing and the need. And with that, I wanted to ask Monica, why is it so hard for brain injury survivors and their family to get the funding and to, to, to get the post-acute services that they need down the road? Well, mostly because, you know, medical insurance doesn't really recognize some of the social determinants of health and some of the long lifelong issues of people with brain injury. So people can get medically uh, ordered therapies, physical occupational speech therapy for a while as outpatients through their medical insurance, but that doesn't last very long. And over time, that's not so much what is needed. What is needed is what Drew talked about, community reentry you know, resuming roles or changing roles if that's necessary. And you know, how to get back into work, to, to school, to managing a family and a home. And those aren't covered by medical insurance. So there are a couple of resources that can address those more lifelong supports. And we want the families to learn about those. Indeed. And so just to define the ambassador program for a moment, we, you will, you have a small army of volunteers <laughs> that will, that, connect with the with the patients but in order to do that you have to have a relationship started with these medical centers and allow you to come into their community to provide this information so drew maybe you can tell us about the relationship you have with these facilities and are they as excited as we are you know that there's support out there that we can get to the families soon well that's an excellent question candace um when uh, we started this program uh, back last fall in uh, 2019. Um, everybody was excited about the, the program. And of course, the Brain Injury Association has relationships with many of these facilities because we've worked with them 
over the years and uh, they know us and we know them. Um, so we, Monica and I worked very hard to get our, uh, our, um, our brain injury ambassadors trained uh, and she'll tell you more about that probably, but, uh, and we were all ready to go and we had um, a whole bunch of facilities, uh, you know, ready to go and then that was in March and then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were all of a sudden faced with um, uh, with some uh, barriers about uh, having our volunteers go into hospitals where you know not not even families were allowed into to go into hospitals. So um, we Monica and I did some um, some quick redesign of the program and uh, turned it into a virtual program so that now. The brain injury ambassadors are able to connect with people coming out of these rehab uh, hospitals um, virtually on the phone and without having to have uh, the face-to-face -face contact which um, it, you know we'd still prefer the face-to-face -face contact if we ever get to a place of being safe to do that but um, but we found a way for the program to work um, virtually and I would say that the facilities that we are working with are very excited about it and are um, you know as they as they are able to you know turn their attention to the next thing I, I anticipate that more and more facilities will be um, wanting to work with us will come on board yes the bobbing and the weaving during COVID is is always a challenge and I and I'm so glad that you've hit that head-on and come up with some alternative plans that are fulfilling that gap and Monica, talking about that, let's talk a little bit about the ambassadors. Oh. How do you find those those amazing ambassadors and the training and 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 their willingness and how many hours they put into this this really passionate? Well, you know, Candace, it was much easier than we had anticipated. The interest was widespread. Drew and I visited some support groups across Pennsylvania to present this program and to, you know, ask if anyone was interested. And we have more people than we could even use. So right now we have 11 ambassadors who, and I'll talk about their training in a minute, but we also have people waiting so that when we expand, they want to be included. So this group of ambassadors is amazing. They really believe strongly in this work um, and they're inspirational. We felt it was really important that the ambassadors be people with lived experience with brain injury someone who either experienced a brain injury personally or they're a family member of someone with a brain injury because think about this they're going into a person's hospital room or at this point contacting them over the phone to give a message of hope and help in the future who better to do that than someone who's been in their shoes so to speak it's a really unique connection um, and so we found people who have lived experience with brain injury, did a lot of training with them. They went through a full course on brain injury fundamentals um, that's offered through the um, ACTUS program. So they have a lot of didactic training. We did a lot of training in how to communicate, wrote some scripts for how to present information. Um, we did training in privacy issues and we meet with them monthly. And we go over some cases and we they present challenges or experiences and we're also available to them along the way. So if someone has a contact with a family and they have a question, they'll reach out to us and say, 
you know, what should I do in this situation? And we're always available to mentor. They're an amazing group. I, I'm not quite sure how we were so lucky. Would you agree, Drew? Oh my gosh, this is the most enthusiastic group of people. And when we, when Monica and I meet with them, we just come away uh, feeling good about about them because they ask such great questions. And um, even though many of them have been delayed in starting their work because of COVID, um, they're still hanging in there and they're still very enthusiastic. So yeah, um, they're a great bunch of people and uh, they are truly ambassadors. And we haven't put any time um, markers on it. Candace, you asked how much time are we asking? Because we really don't know how many referrals we're going to get and how many will go to each individual volunteer. It's definitely been manageable at this point. But you know, if we got to the point where a volunteer felt that it was more than they could do, we would find a, a partner for them. I imagine it's a couple of hours a week. Would you think that, Drew? Yeah. And, and um, you know, in, in the beginning, we thought that it um, it could be, you know, somewhat difficult for them to connect with um, families to find a good time and so forth. But that has not proven to be uh, too much of a issue, perhaps because we're doing it virtually, and you know, we're encouraging them to use whatever um, vehicle works, whether it's text or email or voicemail, to you know, reach a family and to connect with them. And so um, that, that seems to be working out. So there's things that we have learned from, because we had to do it virtually, that probably will inform the future program even if we do get back to a face-to-face. -face. That's great. This, this group of compassionate, this crew of compassionate survivors, I'm excited about and I wanna hear more about it. Can you tell us a little bit about what their day might look like or what their contact, how, what is the process for reaching out to these survivors? So it starts with a liaison at the rehab facility that has partnered with us. So they identify a liaison, a person who works at that facility, usually a social worker or a care manager, someone like that, who in the course of their work meets with families and tells them about this opportunity to connect with an ambassador and asks if they would like to do that. And if they do, the liaison sends us um, that referral. They, give, they get permission from the family to give out their email address and their phone number as a starting point. That's really all they're committing to. And then we assign a volunteer based on you know, the, the, the setting and who, who lives near there, because originally we thought it was gonna be geographically linked. Um, and that person reaches out. Sometimes, as Drew said, they'll, they'll try an email first, because that's, you know, probably the least, uh, the, the least intrusive, I would say. They start with an email, if they get it, and that's usually, hey, can we set up a time to talk? And then they set up a time to meet by phone. If that doesn't work, they might try texting, introducing themselves and offering a time to work, and then they work by phone. And, you know, they have scripts that they use. Obviously, they personalize them as well. They tell a little bit about their own story, but very minimally, you know, just a sentence or two to let the family know, yes, I have been there. And then they start to um, give this message of hope and help. And they have a variety of resources in a packet that we're going to mail to them. I mean, we will be giving them out personally in folders when we can, but for now they're going through the mail and they go through these resources. So families know how to contact us, they learn about the brain injury resource line, they tell them their specific local support groups and give them some options. 
There are some educational materials about brain injury that we have printed and purchased that they give them. And they talk about other things, neuro resource facilitation program, I could go on. There are a variety of resources um, and we send them to the family so they have a packet for the future. It's terrific. This is an easy interview because you're answering all my questions. Thank you very much for that. And I wanted to ask, we talk about the information that you'll be able to provide them. And how do you, is there a follow-up process? I'm sure there is, and I'd be curious to know what that looks like. Right. So um, it was really, the ambassador program was really designed as um, just a, the introductory um, a time with the family and you know to to know that the brain injury association of pennsylvania is here and here's the number that you should call if you need if you have further need so the follow-up process that you're asking about candace it really is for our Burl line, the brain injury resource line. So what we what we want the ambassador to communicate to the family is here's this, you know, 1-800 number, toll-free number. Please call us when you have questions or you have needs. Um, and um, a, a trained volunteer will answer that phone and we'll, uh, we'll get back to them actually with um, a response to their needs at that time. And I know Monica will want to tell you more about the Burl program because she runs that program as well. Um, but um, I also wanted to point out that one thing we're asking families for when we do talk with them is can we get uh, your permission to put your email on our mailing list because in that way you become a member of the association and you receive our monthly newsletter which is called Headlines. And that is the main that's the major outreach that we then want that family to hear from us every month uh, through receiving our newsletter and see the wonderful, you know, activities that are going on around the state and, um, and hopefully that will stimulate for them some things they might be interested in and may, may then call us on the borough line. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for that introduction into the borough line, because Monica, if you could talk about that, that is just a remarkable program that the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania supports. Yeah, it's really our frontline program, I would say. It is what it, it is exactly what the acronym stands for, borough, Brain Injury Resource Line. It's about resources. It's not a hotline. It's not a, you know, a, a direct service. It is, the goal is to help people to connect with resources. So we have a team of, oh gosh, seven brain injury resource line volunteers, again, all who have lived experience with brain injury, who have manuals of resources and support from various people behind the scenes, myself, other clinicians who can weigh in if they have questions. So a call comes in to a national phone number, not a, not a phone that we answer. It's a national program. They're routed to the states by area code or by something the person says in the message. And then, I listen to them and assign them to volunteers, sometimes giving some suggestions. And so the volunteers can have multiple calls if needed. We, you know, the testimonials of people who call the Burl line are pretty powerful. And then there's also another program that's uh, run by the um, uh, state's Department of Health that the, um, the family could be referred to if they need more intensive help at connecting with brain injury 
programs, uh, supports, or resources, and that's called the Neuro Resource Facilitation Program. Uh, and, and that's uh, something that we can also refer people to um, if they need a more intensive uh, working through of how do you get connected to this brain injury resource. These programs are just remarkable. I know when I had my brain injury, I did not have any of this, this information available to me. So I know firsthand how valuable and how critical it is mm -hmm. to have someone come to you and not having me find the resources, but actually having, um, having an ambassador and bringing that message of hope and help. I think that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure either one of you sleep at all. I think that you're so <laughs> passionate about what you do. And I'm excited to have you on the show today. And, and Drew, one last question, if I could. And what are the key elements of the ambassadors? Uh, what do they do with the families? And, and what could you tell as we're closing up? How, um, I guess, the appropriate services and supports uh, that the loved one needs as the situations unfold? Well, of, of course, um, the, the uh, resources are important, but what's even more important and what we uh, trained the ambassadors on was to be an active listener. Mm -hmm. So we, we didn't want them just giving a lot of advice and, you know, well, this is how what happened to me and this is what I did, you know. Um, we, but rather we wanted them, and, and I think they're very good at this, um, to listen to what the family is saying uh, when they make that connection and to, um, uh, to hear, to um, be able to empathize and um, to, um, to just say, yes, this is a really difficult thing that you're going through. And, uh, but yes, there is help and hope um, afterwards. Yes, indeed. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to share with the listeners? Is there a way to reach you if they wanted to get involved? Or is there, um, it, you, you're welcome to say the Burrow Line number, Monica, if you like, and we can include that sure. in the material that we'll send out. Yeah, so the Burrow Line number is 1-800-444-6443. And I guess one thing I would like to end with is that this program is in its infancy and our plan is to expand it. So if any of your listeners are associated with a rehabilitation hospital for brain injury, you know, maybe they want to talk to people they know there, people in the leadership role, and have them reach out to us. We're happy to develop partnerships in any acute rehab hospital that serves people with brain injury. Indeed. And they can do that through the VIAPA website. Is there a section there that they can find? I mean, they, they could call the Brain Injury Resource Line. You can call that for anything. I listen to the call, so I'll get it anyway. <laughs> and then if we get a call from a hospital that wants to know more about the Ambassador Program, Drew and I would reach out to them. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know that our listeners, I know that I'm excited about the work that you're doing, and I'm sure they are as well. So Thanks thank so you. much for having us, Candace. Thank, thank you, Monica and Drew, for sharing information about... Pennsylvania's Brain Injury Ambassador Program, which I believe every state should have. So if you're out there from outside of Pennsylvania, please talk to, to your, area, your area rehabilitation centers and see if we can't start this and, and ignite some fire in other states as well. Mm -hmm. 
And I know that you're working tirelessly to close the gap that survivors tragically face between discharge and getting help to get their lives back on course. And I must say, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you on the Brain Injury Association Board. Thank you. Thank you, our pleasure. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. There are millions that are still struggling that you could help by promoting and providing this information. You can be a partner with us and follow us on Instagram and learn about the mission of Mind Your Brain and be an advocate and a voice for the invisible to join us in making, please join us in making a difference in the world. And I wish I could give you a hug in person, but here's my virtual hug. And I want to tell you, you're not invisible. We see you.